rising on an emerging generation of kings. This morning, a son growing in the house who also embodies what is going to be teaching today. And he has miracles. He even shared a testimony with me from the course of this week revolving around this. Ladies and gentlemen, the new, so we've done a directory swap. He is now in charge of the media and information systems whilst his brother is in charge of projects. Receive, minister. With a British, British swag this morning, British style this morning, Solomon Ayadeli as it brings the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please, you may take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, thank you, Pastor Dami. Uh, I was flying from Abuja to Lagos yesterday and it was a bit stormy and my colleague beside me was asking if I was okay. You know, I was just looking into, you know, the sky and the lady just tapped me to say, um, are you okay? And I said, I'm preaching in church tomorrow. And he said, ah, he said, you are solid. I said, see, <laughs> product management is different from, you know, coming to minister to those who God sent his only son to die for, right? Uh, and the Bible says the expectation of the righteous, um, there's something connected to it, and God doesn't joke with that, right? So, um, I mean, whenever it's, you know, Pastor Dami shared that in quotes, um, not so good news that you're going to be ministering, it looks like the whole of my week is almost like, guy, I hope you, you know you're handling Pastor Dami's mic on Sunday. And I want to just thank Pastor Dami for this privilege. Um, if it's by eloquence, then I shouldn't even be a minister at all because there are a lot of eloquent people in Kings. Um, I'm just grateful for this opportunity, So Thank you for seeing what I didn't see. Um, thank you for investing so much in me and just giving your support. We were on the call for about an hour yesterday and you know, Pastor Dami just kept cracking me left, right, and center. And I'm like, God go help you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pastor Dami. I'm so, so grateful for this privilege to under the mic again. I don't in any way take it for granted. And I'm going to be very honest with you. If Pastor Dami would ask me to talk about Nigeria's macroeconomic outlook, Every Sunday, I would spend two hours talking about it. He would beg me to leave the mic or talk about product management, how to be a technical product manager, innovation management, or design thinking. But when it's time to preach, right, um, I take it as a very sacred uh, privilege. Thank you again, Pastor Dami. God bless you so, so much. And thank you, Pastor Toji, for being such an amazing, amazing, amazing support system. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's ready for the word this morning? Who's ready for the word this morning? I wanted to say I'm ready for the word. My mind is receptive. My heart is made up. I am ready to receive, to be transformed. I am ready to receive and to be transformed. Hallelujah. So this morning we want to look at give. 
Someone say give. Someone say give. Um, give and join the blessing of generosity. I'm going to start from Acts chapter 20 verse 35. We're going to start from there. Acts 20 verse 35. All right, thank you, media. Please, can you celebrate my amazing guys behind? <laughs> I like the speed of light. <laughs> right, so the scripture says, in everything I've done, I've demonstrated to you how necessary it is to work on behalf of the weak and not exploit them. You would not likely go wrong here if you keep remembering that our master said, you are far happier giving than what? Than getting. Um, let's also check Exodus 36. Exodus 36, I, I would just like to set the context to three scriptures. Um, all right. Can we go down to verse 6 and 7? Verse 6. Yes. Okay, verse 5. Verse 5. All right. So the people were working said, saying, the people are bringing more than enough for doing this work that God has commanded us to do. Verse 6. So Moses sent out others through the camp, saying, men, women, no more offerings for the building of the sanctuary. The people were ordered to stop bringing offerings. Um, finally, Proverbs 11, verse 24. Um, if I can get that in NLT, then message version. Okay. Um, Proverbs 11, 24 says, the world of the generals gets what? Larger and larger. Can we read together, Kings? One, two, three, go. The world of the generals gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets what? Smaller. Can we take it again? The world of the generals gets what? Larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Hallelujah. You know, oftentimes when we are faced with the team give, the first thing that comes to our mind is, oh, they want to start talking about money again. You know, they're looking for a way to package, you know, motivational talks to extract the few dollars or the few naira I have in my pocket, right? But I, I sort of just want to let us know this morning that before we go into the intricacies of, oh, why should you give, um, how should you give and all of that, we need to realize that God is a giving God. So from the Garden of Eden to Gethsemane, you would see God giving humanity either choices, chances, and eventually Christ, right? In the Garden of Eden, you will see God saying that I've given you a choice to choose, right? So even when they messed up, God gave them what? He gave them a chance. Eventually, when he was looking at the chances were in working, God did what? God gave the word Christ. So you will see that God is an embodiment of gifts. God is always giving. So giving is almost not a commandment or an instruction. Giving is almost like an identity, right? So for God, giving, for, for the, the expectation God have of us is not a case of saying, I am commanding you to give. 
God's expectation is that because you are like me, you should give. So giving is like an operating system, right? So when you install an operating system into a phone, it functions based on certain parameters. So it is wrong for you to find a ghost that will back. So that is why it is wrong for you to find a believer who is stingy. So as long as you're a child of God, by default, you become a giving being. Even naturally, as a man to a woman, you know, a man will meet a woman and give a woman something. And the woman will then give the world what? Something. Did you understand? So naturally speaking, you don't understand. I don't understand too. So, right? But I read that in my biological description. So to say that giving is more of an identity more than an action, right? Um, giving is not really an instruction. So oftentimes when we hear give, give, you feel like, oh, God is taking a cane behind us and running after us to say, oh, give, it shall be given unto you. Oh, give. I mean, that song is good, it's solid, right? But oftentimes we must realize that as believers, it is a part of our system to give. Hallelujah. 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 So I said a true child of God must give and also must give cheerfully, right? Um, while I was meditating last night, the Holy Spirit said that when it comes to giving, we are conduits. We are like a pipeline. When God is saying, I want to give you 5,000 naira, God is not saying, I'm giving you 5,000 naira for, for you alone, right? I sort of feel like our life is too precious for, it, for us to live for ourselves alone. So when something is passing through us, God is always saying that I want to use your life as a measure to pass on the gifts, the wealth, the talents that I have, right? Imagine Pastor Dami saying that, oh, we with all of this creativity and all of that, I want to use it for myself alone and my family. Right? Imagine Pastor Toji is the only one seeing the white paper posts every day. Let's just imagine. You, there, there will be mental constipation. Right? Because you'll be like, ah, I know they see again. So also in our lives, when God gives us gifts, we all did so much and we're putting it in our own faces. And all we think about is what is the next shoe I can buy, the next clothes I can buy, the next trip I can go to. But God is saying we are conduits. Someone say conduits. Someone say conduits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I also quickly like to refer to something Pastor Toju said on Wednesday, right, about serving. One of the ways we can serve is also through giving. She said something about preaching to an unbeliever. Do you know it is easier to win the soul of an hungry unbeliever you fed than to just look to an unbeliever who is hungry and says, God bless you. The man can slap you with his poverty stricken hands. But the moment you give that guy a pack of food and a bottle of water, the guy says, oh, let me even listen to you. Yes. Right? So, so giving is a measure of serving. You cannot even serve without giving. And again, I also like to balance it to say that when we think about giving, I think money is the lowest commodity we can give. So oftentimes people who have money then replaces Naira and Kobo, currency with responsibility. 
So someone says, I'll give God five million naira. I won't show up. I don't care what the pastor says. I'm not accountable. I can go and booze, pick women and all of that. Giving your money is not a replacement for being responsible and accountable. So whilst you're giving, in fact, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver, meaning God doesn't just want a giver because giving is an inside-out thing. God wants to first of all see your hearts, then see what is in your hands. Do we understand, kings? So, so when we want to give, in fact, before you can give your money, and oftentimes when you give your money, you commit your energy. In the business world, they will say, put your money where your mouth is. If you invest your money in a place, you are committed to seeing that place thrive. Do, do we get kings? Right? So giving is not a total replacement for, you know, service for responsibility. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we check John chapter 10, verse 10, the NLT version, it sort of just buttresses the point that says that giving is God's identity. The Bible says that the, the, the devil has come to steal, the thief has come to steal, to kill and to destroy. He said, I came so that I can have, you know, real and eternal life. Can we have NLT? Um, NLT sort of speak to it better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. NLT says, my purpose is to give life. My purpose is to give life. Right? I think the second thought I also want to share with us this morning is to help us understand that giving is an act of faith. Giving is an act of faith. Whatever you give to God that does not require a measure of faith is um, needs to be a bit questioned. Um, whatever we want to give to God that does not require a level of faith, a level of saying, I am stepping out of my normal self. Again, it begs us to ask, why would God ask Abraham to give his only son? Why would God meet that woman by the well and say, give me water? And, and Jesus knew that this woman was, I mean, in fact, in these days, if, they, if feminists find Jesus, they will almost, you know, drag him. Because a woman is fetching water, you should at least assist this woman. So you cannot fetch your water yourself and you're asking a woman to, come on, do, do we get, right? But again, sometimes giving looks very stupid. Because again, faith in its sense is not a logical way of life. The Bible says the just, the righteous shall live by faith. So we must realize that there are times when there is an urge in our spirit to do, to give, and we feel like this is not God's voice. This is not God speaking to me. God cannot tell me to just drop this. But again, we need to see that giving is an act of faith. Hallelujah. You are stretched based on your giving capabilities. And the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Um, as we go on this morning, I know before I go into the major part of, you know, the message, some people might be asking to say, oh, I don't even have money. I don't even have a job. Um, I only have 5K in my account. Um, you know, it's good. You can come and wear, you know, red tie and, you know, chinos to come and start saying give. You know, uh, you have a red car you are driving. So it's sweet in your mouth, right? Again, it's important for us to balance it to say that there are times when, you know, it could look like this. And there are principles I've been able to look at and study 
to say when we are faced with these situations where we say, God, I want to give, but I don't have. I'll say the first thing is, first of all, as a believer, you need to realize that you have the covenant of wealth. You can never be broke. And your wealth is not premised on your bank account. You need to realize that you are not blessed because you have money. You are blessed first. So whether there's money or not, the blessing is there. So I, I'm going to refer us to, to, to listen to Pastor Dami's message on I'm not a beggar anymore, right? It deals with that, you know, intricately to say that we need to realize that as believers, even when you don't have urgent 2K, right, you are still blessed. You are still blessed, right? That's the first principle. The second principle is the principle of value. For some believers, they just believe, oh, we can come and declare, I enter into new promises and all of that money comes to me in different currencies and there is no value. There is no value, right? The question is, what are you giving to get what you want? I am not trying to preach pride of self-sufficiency. I'm trying to say that the gift God has given you, your brain, your mind, your energy, your time, that writing skills, that air you can play, that word you can speak, that writing you can do, what are you doing with it? So as believers, we need to realize there's a principle of value. There is seed time, harvest time, right? That's number two. Number three is there's a principle of seasons. There are times when in our lives when all we're doing is planting, is planting, is planting. Some people will see kings and say, ah, you guys are still on this, your bush streets. But at some point, in two, three years, and things blow up. And people will say, ah, we knew when Peter was in UK now. Was it, you know, did this guy do something wrong? Or did this do something tricky? Do you understand? So there are seasons too. So as believers must realize that you could be in a planting season. You could be at that phase of your life where you are investing in personal development. When you're spending your money in, in taking courses, right? When you're investing in, you know, writing another, taking another degree, taking online, it, it takes a lot. So you may not have that much because of your investment, but it's a season. Hallelujah. And the final principle is the, is the principle of staying and consistency. So you're asking God, ah, God, I want to give, I want to give. God is saying, yes, um, you are adding value. Yes, it's a season, but stay. But stay. Remain consistent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is someone getting blessed this morning? Please, can you talk back at me? Someone getting blessed this morning? All right. I would like to share quickly with us two realities when it comes to giving in the kingdom. Two realities. Um, in the banking sector, they will call it ecosystem, meaning that when there are different parts of the business, we need to utilize the different part of the business to make money for the bank as one, right? And I asked myself, what is the ecosystem of giving and getting the returns in quotes? Giving and giving properly. I'll say number one. We need to realize that God owns everything. Someone say God, God. owns everything. everything. Say God, God. owns everything. everything. Including my car, my clothes, my business, my money, my babe, my wife, my husband. God 
Some people are not saying my babe. Do you want to you own your babe? <laughs> right. Hallelujah. The Bible makes it clear that God owns what? Everything. God owns everything. And there are scriptures to back, back this. Can we just check Deuteronomy 10 verse 14? Thank you, media. Please, can we celebrate media? <laughs> Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 10 verse 14. Deuteronomy 10 verse 14. Yeah, it says, behold, yeah. Uh, yeah, look around you. Everything you see is God's. The heavens above and beyond. The earth and what? Everything on it. Psalms 50 verse 10 says, for every animal of the forest is mine and a, cat, um, a cattle on a thousand hills. Just to let us know to say, we need to understand that God owns everything. Everything we've had, everything we have and we'll get. You know, the Bible was speaking about Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel chapter 4. And this guy woke up one day and he started walking around his town and said, see the splendor and the majesty of what I had built. And in his pride and self-sufficiency, he said, this is what I have built by my own self. This is what I have done. He didn't take God um, too much time to respond to him. He didn't take God too much time. Because it is almost like you're taking the glory that is due to God. Can we first of all check ourselves and say, the money that I have, do I see it as God's or do I see it as my money? So when you look at your bank accounts in your GT or Wema or um, whatever, you know, I was a lot. <laughs> when you see the name on the bank account, it could be Solomon Ayodele, but in reality it is God. It is God. God had to teach Nebuchadnezzar a lesson to go and spend some time with animals. Meaning that if you want to take God's glory, we're almost behaving like people, you know, right? So, so, lower creatures, yeah. Living below divine design, right? So, so, so it's important for us to realize that, you know, God needed to do that to Nebuchadnezzar because he was taking the glory for what is due to God. So we must realize as believers, right, that God owns what we have. Everything we have, our property, our wife, our mind, our brain. I, I would usually consider my life like a switch, right that you can switch on and switch off and the one who can you know manage that switch is god so if you say i'm one handsome eloquent looking amazing awesome guy by the time they switch it right it may become something else so the beauty you brag about today is god's the money you talk about today is god's the future you ought to live in is god's so god owns me including my money yorubas will say Enito leru lo leru. the owner of the slave is the owner of the slave's property i don't know if i interpreted it well yeah. right so if you own the slave you own what the slave have we are not slaves we are sons right so because we are god's own we are god's sons god is the owner of what we have yeah. 
We are fruits from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, we need to acknowledge that we are stewards. We need to acknowledge that we are stewards. Matthew 25, um, verse 14 to 30. Um, it's a long text where Jesus taught about the parable, you know, using to illustrate a spiritual story, a parable about money. Um, we need to realize we are stewards. For example, the mic I am holding this morning, I am a steward. I cannot, I cannot come in the moment Pastor Dami said, oh, let's welcome Minister Solomon. I say, oh, good morning, everyone. Media, can you pop up the slide? Um, so I want to take you through the five elements of design thinking. Can I take the presentation? Yes. I mean, as a person, yes, I have the skill to take it. But based on this reality, should I come and do that? No. So two things will either happen. Is it that Peter wants to tell KMT to go and start playing? <laughs> right? You know, and we assume that something is not right somewhere. Right? Because I'm a what? I'm a steward. So this mic Pastor Damien has given to me is a privilege. So I am not careful of what I need to say because I'm afraid of Pastor Dami or because I feel like Pastor Dami will beat me up, but because I know it's a trust. It's a trust. And it doesn't mean, oh, if I make a mistake, Pastor Dami will say, you will never preach again. No. But because I realize that it is a trust. You know, there's a business they call trustees business where they call some kids trust fund kids, where their parents will give the money to a trustee to manage for the trust fund kids. The bank where I used to work, we had, we have, and they, they, have, they have an arm that manages trust funds, right? In that space, they have a lot of um, giant boxes where people keep, they keep their documents, um, C of O's, and all of that. And whoever they will make the MD of that trusty business is always a very senior person and very influential. Because again, before you can say you want to even open trust fund, you know, your the money in your account must be trusted enough. <laughs> right? Right. So so I don't think the MD of a trust fund business will wake up one morning and say, Oh, Pastor Dami opened a trust fund for Kamin and Ronel, and it will happen. Right? And says, Hmm, Pilams is a king raiser. And is the father of kings. So let me give two, two million dollars to Solomon Ayodele, Gabriel Balogo. Can the trust fund manager do that? You cannot, because there is a specific reason why the money has been kept with you to do specific things. So I then looked at it, I said, what are the duties of a trust fund manager? What are the duties of a trustee? Right? Number one, there is a duty of loyalty. It is binding by contractual agreements. It is binding by every law. As a trust fund manager, as a trustee, there is a duty of loyalty. And who are you loyal to? You're loyal to the person who did what? Who kept the money with you? So, for example, if my bank wants to start a new business and they say, Solomon, we're nominating you as a representative, as an angel, whatever, into this business, and we sign an agreement, do you know I cannot go to that business and tell them to say, I want to change the clause? Because I'm first loyal to the guys who sent me there. Yeah. 
So we must realize too that we are stewards of what we have, kings. Whatever God, in fact, there is nothing we have that we have not been given. So as kings, we must realize that we are only trustees. Someone say, I'm a trustee. Someone say, I'm a trustee. We don't say any well, kings, can you say, I'm a trustee? So we have the duty of loyalty. Number two, we have the duty to follow the trust terms. The duty to, to, to follow the trust terms. There are a couple of terms in the kingdom too. We have the duty to follow the terms. We have the duty to report information and be accountable. So this is me just opposing with the reality in the typical trust, trusty world, right? We have the duty. Pastor Dami was speaking at an event yesterday. Uh, he was talking about what we do in Kings. So say at the end of every year, we'd come out to show the breakdown. By all standards, we were not all there when God called Pastor Dami, right? So by default, in quotes, Pastor Dami has a right not to share this thing with any of us. In quotes. In fact, let's even say we want to make it official. Peter can say, okay, I have directors. So directors, let's have board of trustees meeting. And this is the breakdown and all of that. But we come every year to break down what we have spent on what, how, why. That is accountability. The reason why it looks like some of our finances is going some way is because we're not accountable first to God. First to God. And what does accountability mean? It means accounting ability. So accounting means breaking down. How much am I giving to God? Why? How much am I giving to my pastor? Why? How much am I giving to my parents? Why? How much am I giving to the less privileged? Why? You know, I told a colleague of mine to say, you see, there is nothing in life you can use to convince me to buy a shwebi. Right? Not because I feel it is bad, right? If the first time I ever bought in my life was because of a woman, right? And because I felt like this condition was already going, going the other way. And I bought the cap because I said, the meaning of Ashwabi is the clothes for family. I said, as long as I'm not a member of your family, why am I wearing the same clothes with you? And you know what I realized? In 2014, when I was a contract staff in the bank, I realized that my colleagues were earning 80K. And these guys, 10,000, 12,000, I'm like, do you do something else apart from this banking job that we're earning 80,000? And you're buying 12K as your B, that's over your tights. <laughs> right? From that 2014, I told myself, I said, nothing can make you, there's nothing you can use in convincing me. So, <laughs> so but, but I would rather say, let me give the husband 20,000 error for buy blender or buy footmats. At least when you're coming into yours and you're doing like this, you will know, you know, someone bless you with footmats, <laughs> right? There are some things I don't, spe- see, for example, for example, in, in the last seven years, I've never gone to the market to buy shirts. So what I do is, I go to a co-market, I buy material, I give it to the tailor, they sew. So when I sew, I sew like almost 15, and I sew for H1. So when you come back to sell your shirts, regardless of how beautiful it is, I can never buy. Because of accountability, the money for shirts has been spent at the beginning of the year. So you cannot convince me. You cannot, except if that shirt asks oxygen for me to survive. It is accountability. 
see. Kings. Are, I mean, Pastor Dami has taught us we need to be serious with our finance. So we are saying, I don't have money to give. I cannot give offering. What do you spend money on? What do you spend money on? Pastor Dami was saying yesterday to say, oh, what's your issue with this Domino Pizza? Because I realized in 2019, the money I spent on Domino Pizza. Right? So I have to tell the woman we're in the partnership to say, Madam, if we go on this way, our first land, eh, we will sow it into Domino's Pizza. So it was a no-no. So if I, in fact, I've not had Domino's Pizza this year, in the last seven or six months, <laughs> right? Because of accountability. So accountability would help us know what are you spending money on, when, how, and why. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you cannot come out publicly to defend some of the things you spend money on, then you shouldn't spend money on them. You should not. You know, my mechanic will say, ah, Oga, this is your car, is fine. Can we do aesthetics? I said, Oga, what would the aesthetics do? Okay, let me, tell me what it would say. He go, they make your, your car, they shine. He go, I say, car, they shine. How does that change the fact that my car can run the normal way? It will move the normal way. I mean, there's nothing, there's no, in quotes, added value apart from clouds. I'm not saying to pimp your car is bad. It's exactly not bad. I'm only saying, know what you're spending money on and why. Because we are stewards. We are stewards. Hallelujah. I hope no one is offended, though. final thing is the duty to invest prudently. The duty as a trustee, you have a duty to invest prudently, right? There's something I started doing from mid last year, right? Because of, you know, and Pastor Dami told us during Couch Convo to say, guys, I'm looking at the trend of this dollar. If you put some money, blah, blah, blah. So what I do is the moment I get my salary, before someone calls or asks me to say, borrow me 10K, I don't even have. So if you ask me, I'll tell you, I don't have my money in Naira. And I cannot withdraw, right? The only money I have now is to survive. Except for unusual cases that are material, unusual, and really difficult to manage, right? So what does it mean to invest prudently? means the money you have, what are you using it with? Right, what are you putting your money into? We've heard a lot, good enough, we have such a fantastic pastor who balances things for us, right? That's money in your trust. Don't be like that servant that went to borrow, to, 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 to um, bury his money. To bury his money. If you keep your money in a bank, your money will keep depleting. It will keep depleting by default. If you leave 50K for five years, you may meet 40K after five years. Because they will charge you for maintenance charge, current account maintenance charge. In fact, you may not have a card, they will charge you for card and assume you should have a card in the future. <laughs> so we have a duty to invest prudently. Hallelujah. Amen. As I wrap up this morning, um, three categories of things we should do as we move on. Who do I give to? So the question is, Mr. Solomon, I've heard you. I've heard what you said. I want to start giving. How do I go about it? What is the next step for me? Who do I give to? I've listed four people or four areas. Number one, give to your pastor. Someone say give to your pastor. <laughs> you know... For some of us, the only thing our pastor has received from us in the last two years is right on pastor. 
Just ride though. Ride, even if you want to ride, you need money for fuel. To ride, you need to rent the ox. <laughs> I say, ride on, God, don't tell me to ride on. Let us give to our pastor honestly, sincerely, and genuinely. Right? Um, this is not even a pastor dummy initiated conversation. In fact, when I was even running him through, he was like, eh, you know, because again, a lot of people feel, oh, your pastor is a sanguine. Pastor Dami is one of the most conservative guy I've ever met as a pastor. You know, because he tries to shy away from all of these unnecessary, but truly kings, let us give to our pastor. It is an aberration for outsiders to give to him more than we do. It is. So even if you don't have the 10K now, you feel like 10K is small, compound the 10, 10K in 10 places and give 100K. Right? Let's give to our pastors. I mean, let's bless them. Let's even say, okay, we have plenty of pastors and ministers now. Let's even start with Pastor Dami. Let's give to our pastor. Tell your neighbor, 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 give to your pastor. Enough of right on, sir. There's a scripture to that, 1 Timothy 5 verse 17. So we don't say, but you know, we're just, number two, number two, give to your mentors. Give to your mentors. Proverbs 11 verse 25. Proverbs 11 verse 25. You know, ah, PLT, I like you. You've blessed me. You've blessed my relationship. You are my mentor, my role model. That's the only thing, Instagram comments. We can buy a shoe, 17K. I mean, all of these things don't cost a lot. I'm not, I'm not talking to everyone alone. I'm talking to myself. I need to do better. I need to. Let's give to our mentors. And the truth is, if your pastors don't fall in the class of your mentors, there is a challenge. Because someone that speaks to you, encourages you, inspires you two, three, four times in a week, you get direct access to get counsel, and that person is not classified as a mentor in your book. Then it's a challenge. So the first one and the second one is connected. Let us give to our mentors. Some of us are very high-profile individuals who we, you who love us, who we love. Let's note down their birthday. Oh, so I got you a tie. I got you something. It doesn't have to be big. And you know, big men appreciate small things. They do. They appreciate small things. Proverbs 11, 25 speaks to that. Number three, give to your parents. Give to your parents. Ephesians 6, verse 2. Give to them, especially when you say have them alive. Give to your parents. We need to learn how to do this deliberately. We need to learn how to do it. There are some prayers I know by default. I receive every month based on what I give to my parents. Every month. It's so small. So small in whatever classification. But what I've done is to save from my account, from source. The moment you pay me my salary, debit and give my dad this, give my mom this when she was here. Right? So I, I've done it consistently for about three or four years now. Standing order. And they just pray over you. They just bless you. They just bless you. So you go around worshiping the feet of an external pastor on Instagram somewhere who doesn't know you, who doesn't care about you, and you keep blessing them. And you, have, and you give them offering. Yes, and you're able to fall into that trap. Right? 
you're quick to give to some a stranger and you cannot buy infinix note 9 that is just seventy thousand for your mom who doesn't have a phone to whatsapp yes you're giving to a prayer meeting online and they are needs your parents have right there i mean these things are important kings this is this is a promise uh, this is a commandment that has a promise attached to it let us there is there is no honor you know without giving there is no honor without giving one, one of all of the most founders experience i had when my mom was so ill in her, in her final days was you know she kept releasing all of the amazing times you know when i went to dubai i couldn't even buy things for myself right bought her bags bought her shoes and all of that because i just felt like see this woman is old already you know and she likes to, i just and i gave it to them gave, gave it to her and she keeps talking about it the moment i got i got my car the first place i went to was my dad's church right and i drove them around just as a as a sort of honor although they gave me the money for fuel that day but again it is still, it is still honor it is still part of giving an honor right some of us will say that oh my dad don't need my money still give him my mom is rich give learn how to do it learn how to do it i see my life as my parents investment forget all of these work twitter um i'm not my parents invest. leave them all leave them all some of them are trust fund kids their future is set to sort out yourself you know what your mom did there was a time in my family when four of us were in the university and my dad was just a printer and he would share 70k amongst the, self, the four of us. And the attention of my dad would drive from Lagos to Ekiti. He would do Ekiti, do Futa, do Akumba, then go to Abiyase to see the four of us. Wow. Right? So you would tell me that kind of man, I shouldn't, I mean, we would have to give. We would have to give, we would ask them, Daddy, what do you want? Is it enough? Do you want more? We need to do it, kings. We need to honor them. We need to honor them. We need to write down a to-do this list to say, at least I'll send something, even if it's Richard card, to my dad and my mom. To just say, thank you. Thank you for your investment. Ingratitude is a sin. The moment you see you, you look at your parents and say, ah, don't I, don't you, I, didn't you give birth to me? Did I beg to come to the world? It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Right? It's not your fault. So give to your pastors, give to your mentors, give to your parents. No, finally, give to your community. Give to your let's look out for ourselves, right? Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 10. The second point is what do I give to? What do I give to? Number one, we give in response to a cost to the kingdom. Second Corinthians 8, verse 9. Um, I need to pardon the way I've structured this. I just wanted it to be uh, more direct and you'll be able to go back to understand it better. Give in response to a, to a cost in the kingdom. Second Corinthians 8, you know. Um, eight to nine, right? We want to start kings um, in Abuja. Let's give to that. We need to get something in the church. Let's give to that. We need to buy another ace. Let's give to that. Number two, give out of your small or large substance. Luke 21, 1 to 14. Luke 21, 1 to 14. Number three, give more than just your money. 
Give more than just your money. Luke 10, 25 to 37. Give more than just your money. I said it earlier, we don't need to say, oh, because I now give God 5K now or 2K. I don't care. Pastor Dami cannot talk to me. I cannot listen to a team lead. Ah. <laughs> On top of these two million era that you have given to God once this year. All right. I mean, we need to give more than that. In fact, the assumption will be wherever you invest your money into, you should be committed to seeing it thrive. So when you say, this church, I pay my offering every Sunday. Let's ensure that what we are spending the offering on. Of course, obviously we know that pastor is not living on our monies. He's not. Clearly, he's not. We're going to bless Pastor Dami, bless Pastor Toju. We would buy them stuff, we we'll build houses for them. But for now, we know that you're not living on our money. So let's give more than just our money. Ideas, your skill sets, right? This is how we can open the gates of heaven. It's not just throwing currencies at God. God doesn't need the currency alone. God needs your presence, your time, your talent, your commitments, right? Your energy. Hallelujah. And finally, when do I give? When do I give? When do I give? Number one, you can give when you want to be, be a part of something historic. Matthew 14, 14 to 21. And when I say be a part of something historic, kings is something historic. Kings is something transgenerational. This is a fertile ground. That little boy did not know that his name would be in the books that I will read you today when he gave the bread and the fish. So that's your bread and fish can become something people will talk about years to come. Do you want to give and do something as a part of making history in this place? God is doing something amazing here. Can we be a part of it? Hallelujah. Number two, give when others will not. Give when others will not. The, the scriptures for the first one is Matthew 14, 14 to 21. Number two, give when others will not give. Philippians 4, 15 to 16. Paul was writing to the Philippians and he was encouraging them about how they give. You know, they gave all utterly when others will not. So for us as kings, we need to give when others will not. Finally, give when it does not make sense. Give when it does not make sense. When God was asking Abraham to say, give your son, did it make sense? Let's, 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 let's be normal humans. Let's forget the spookiness of, oh, scripture, Genesis. A 99-year-old man gave birth to his first son that God promised him, right? And God said the name of the son is laughter. And years later, the same God said, come and kill this boy as an altar. It doesn't even make any sense. It's not even, it's not even adding, it's not God in. It is, it is valid for you to say, this, this cannot be God. Do you know there are times when you have only 5K? And you know, Pastor Dami has not just taught us these things. He has, he has lived it. He told us the time he gave his shoes, gave his watch. And it wasn't a case of even Pastor Dami telling us this story. I remembered when we went for Pastor Dami's dad's burial in Ekiti and Pastor Flourish told us, said, there was a time Peter wanted to go and minister. And they locked the gates of his hostel. I don't know if it's the hostel or the place he was staying. Early morning prayer. Do you know what our amazing pastor did? He jumps the fence. 
to give his time. He jumps the fence. Father, I mean, Peter was risking being out by vigilante. <laughs> you know, at that time. So we need to give when it does not make sense. Tell your neighbor, give when it does not make sense. And you know, to someone, the time when it does not make sense could be now. It could be that 5K, and you're thinking of giving God 500 naira for offering. Can you give and text God? God is not that investment manager you give your money to and run away. God is not MMM, right? God is available. He has a track record. He has songs. He has evidences. If you're looking for a life that has been touched by giving, I am, right? So in this place, when the word comes to give, when there's an urge to give, let us give when it does not make sense. And do you know the instruction to give would always come when it does not make sense? Yeah. When we feel like this is all I have. This is what I want, right? I have 5K. I need to buy food when I, when I leave the church. And God is saying, give God 4,000 naira. And you say, I need to go with Uber. And God is saying, just give it, right? So I, I, I want to trust God for us that as we go into this week, would be able to take three things to say, what do I want to give this week? And this is what I want us to do. I want us to write on our notes, who do I want to give to this week? Amongst those I've listed, a pastor, um, a pastor, our mentors, our parents, who, yes, and our community. Who do you want to bless with a pair of shoes? When KMT together, oh, man of God, can I, you know, get you a pair of shirts? It, it goes a long way. It goes a long way. It makes our community thrive. Who do you want to give to? Right? At least one this week. At least one this week. Um, and I trust God that as we give and live by those principles, that would become a pipeline of God's blessings. That the blessings of God will keep flowing and flowing and flowing through our lives in the name of Jesus. Can we just bow down our heads and just thank God for those words that He has sent to us this morning? Can we give Him all the praise for those words? And can we ask God, the Lord, I receive the grace to give selflessly. I come out of my pride. I call out of my sense of self-sufficiency. Lord, I receive the grace to give. I receive the grace to give. I receive the grace to be accountable. To be accountable, to be, res to be a responsible steward. Because I know what I have is what you have given. There is nothing I have that you have not given to me. I receive the grace to be an accountable steward. To be a responsible steward. I receive the grace to live my life circumspectly. I receive the grace to handle my finance like it's yours. That this money that I have is the money from you. This life that I have is a life from you. I receive the grace, oh God. I receive the grace for discipline. I receive the grace for generosity. To give cheerfully. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. I receive the grace. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Can we jam our hands together as we welcome Pastor Dami? is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908 One more thing, someone you know needs this. 
kindly share this how.